This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Hi, a very good afternoon to you and welcome back to me. Welcome back to you. Welcome back to all of us um, after a little bit of a sojourn, a bit of a break. Um, wonderful to be back in your company this afternoon here at just 11 minutes past two on Judaism 101.9. Well, to begin with, for the beginning of 2018, perhaps today we'll unpack a, a couple of things that have certainly been floating around in my mind. Um, and perhaps to look at it all at in the backdrop of um, Judaism 101.9, of course. First up, to uh, think about and look back at the year that was. And uh, particularly, I think I would like to focus a little bit of attention um, in a different kind of a way on matric results and the whole concept of matric schooling and perhaps to delve just a little bit into the real role that um, the school and parents have to play in the lives of our children and what our real focus of attention should actually be. But perhaps to kick off today, to start with a very, very special occasion, which has bearing on the second part of the subject as well. Um, in other words, what our roles should actually be, what should we be doing? And that is when we think about um, tonight and tomorrow, um, we reach a very, very important Hasidic date, which is the 24th day in the month of Tevet. Yes, today is day number 23. Tonight is number 24. And the 24th of Tavis is the anniversary of the passing, the Yorzeit, of Rabbi Shneer Zaman of Liadi, the founder of Chabad Hasidism. So if we think about Rabbi Shneer Zalman, we know that, number one, he was the successor to Rabbi Dov Ber of Mezrich. He was the founder, as we said, of Chabad Hasidism. He was the author of two great books, his Shulchan Aruch, known as the Alter Rebbe's Shulchan Aruch, and the Sefer called Tanya, which is studied as a blueprint, really, of uh, Jewish and Hasidic philosophy, and really the manual for the soul for each and every individual, as well as the fact that he authored, he scribed many, many other Hasidic discourses. Now, Rabbi Shneer Zalman, just a little bit of a brief history, he was born in White Russia in a town called Lyozhna, and he was born on the 18th day of Elul in 5505, that's in 1745. It was the 47th birthday of the founder of the Hasidic movement that day, and that, of course, is Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov. In 1764... Um, in the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneer Zalman traveled to Mezrich to study under the tutelage of the Baal Shem Tov successor, Rabbi Dov Ber. Despite his youth, he was accepted into what was then known as the inner circle of the great master's pupils, um, the Yechidei Segula, these um, special people who were privileged to be able to learn mysticism in all its depths directly from the great master, Rabbi Dov Ber. When he returned from Mezrich, he gathered about him a number of disciples, of students, and he instructed them in the ways of Hasidism. It was during these years that he formulated his distinct Chabad philosophy and approach to life, which he then outlined, of course, in the Tanya, um, a book, a work that he labored on for... <coughs> 20 years before it was actually published in 1796. And it was by that time that his influence had spread throughout White Russia and great tracts of Lithuania, where a significant part of the Jewish population 
continued to regard him and took him upon as their Rebbe and their leader. In the summer of 1812, Rabbi Zalman fled the approach of Napoleon's armies, which were advancing through White Russia, and they pushed towards Moscow. And, of course, we all learned about that in history, um, about how Napoleon's march then was thwarted by the Russians um, with their scorched earth policy and so on. And um, it's interesting to note, of course, that Rabbi Zalman supported the Tsar actively um, in the war against Napoleon, viewing Napoleon and um, the uh, French new way of life as being much more of a threat on uh, the Jewish people and on our future than the Tsar with all his wickedness and all his horrors um, could possibly ever have been. Uh, but during this time, because he fled, he spent many weeks wandering, and it was a dead of winter, really, really uh, freezing, freezing cold, and he wound up in a town called Piena, and unfortunately, he took ill, and it was on the 24th of Tavis, on a Saturday night on Motzei Shabbos, following Shabbat Parsha Shmot, which we read, of course, um, on this last Shabbat, it was at 10.30 in the evening that he passed on, that he returned his soul to his maker. In those last days in Piano, Rabbi Shneer wrote one of the most profound essays that he ever had penned, which was a lengthy um, discourse that was later published in the 20th section, or as the 20th section rather, in Egerita Kodesh, a collection of his letters and essays that is part, um, part number four of that magnum opus of the Tanya. And he also um, uh, penned another manuscript, um, which was a short discourse that was entitled The Humble Soul, which he wrote shortly before his passing. Some say it was even after Havdalah, um, several minutes before his soul um, was taken back to return to its maker on Chavdala Tevis, on the 24th of Tevis, and of course that anniversary of his passing, his Yorzeit, uh, being tonight and tomorrow. Now, what Rabbi Shneer Zalman of Liadi uh, taught us in and amongst many other things was he revitalized the um, many of the ideas behind actual Jewish practice, making sure that they were adhered to um, to the letter of the law. He was a great legal mind, a great Jewish classical legal mind, um, and therefore his influence was to see to it that people adhered to Jewish law in the best possible fashion. But by the same token, giving everybody a much deeper insight into the soul and into the reasons why things are done from a spiritual point of view, rather than just taking a look at the fact that something needs to be done, that a law needs to be observed, that um, there needs to be that our Torah and our mitzvot are studied and are kept, but that there is a deeper insight and a deeper meaning um, that is actually behind each and every one of those mitzvot. Um, And he explained it, of course, through his various writings, and particularly, as we mentioned in the Tanya, where he describes the concept of two souls. Now, when we talk about the two souls that each and every um, person, each and every individual Jew possesses, we talk about the animal soul, we talk about the godly soul, or 
Some have phrased it the natural soul and the supernatural soul. Now, what is really you? Well, we have a part of us that is animal, a part of us that is as physical and as animalistic and as uh, down-to-earth and as worldly and as material as any other animal on earth. That is the soul, that is the part of us um, that uh, pumps the blood through our veins, that makes us live, that makes us um, actually exist. And then there is the godly soul, the part that is um, that transcends the physical, that is above and beyond, and that is the godliness that's within each and every individual. And is, in his explanation of it, of course, there was this great focus on the power of the godly soul, the power of the godliness within us, and the meaning behind it all, and what we need to make dominant within ourselves. And of course, as we interact in a physical way with a physical world, there needs to be this idea that we adhere to, and that we strictly are governed by and that we are strictly um, in contact with the godliness that is above and beyond and that we actually possess within ourselves. And this, in fact, was um, the foundation of uh, what it was that the Alter Rebbe, that Rabbi Shneer Zalman of Liadi actually pushed for and gave to us as a heritage, an anniversary of which we commemorate this evening and tomorrow on the day of his site. Um, with the wonderful messages that it carries for us in Judaism 101.9. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. There's a well-known story that is told, um, whether it's factual or not, um, is a matter of debate, but it's a cute story nevertheless of a meeting that once took place between um, the famous Henry Kissinger and the more famous Golda Meir, um, apparently on an occasion where sitting privately she asked him how he views himself. Um, of course, well known that he was uh, the American Secretary of State and he happened to be Jewish as well. Um, and um, her question was, you are Jewish, you're a Secretary of State, you're an American, how do you view yourself? And uh, famously, he was supposed to have answered, first and foremost, I'm an American, proud American, saluting the stars and stripes, that's first and uppermost in uh, my, um, my system, in me. Secondly, um, I am appointed by the President of the United States to be the Secretary of State, a second American Secretary of State, no small feat. And thirdly, I am Jewish. And she supposedly remarked in her inimitable way, um, thank God, in Israel, we read backwards. Um, Lovely story, beautifully put, and of course has a very, very important message um, to each and every one of us. The idea of how do we view ourselves? What is the most important factor in our lives? What is our life really all about? What are we supposed to be doing in this world? And how do we view things like children's education? As I mentioned before, of course, at the great background, there's been a tremendous amount of focus in our country over the last week or so on education um, and the idea of higher education, the idea of what they're calling, I suppose, lower education, um, the great metric results and all the fanfare that uh, surrounds it. And uh, learning through and working through all the percentages of uh, how many were up and how many were down. And, of course, then the um, incredible Jewish and others, I suppose, um, kind of an obsession almost with um, 
distinctions with having to have distinctions. Otherwise, um, you know, you could possibly be considered in uh, certain in your mother's view on your uh, parental Facebook um, as being um, a little bit of a nobody um, unless you got over a certain amount and uh, people um, are so caught up with it. Um, I personally had a son who wrote matric this year and so of course having had several kids who've gone through the system and uh, written matric it is um, something that in a way one um, feels sucked into and you can't really get away from. However there has to, of course, be a Jewish view and a Jewish way of addressing it all. Um, and I think that part of what we uh, need to perhaps just unpack a little bit is kind of our relationship with the school environment and what that all means. And the thought that certainly crossed my mind is that um, more and more, certainly within the orbs and the community within which um, we function, I think, here in Joburg, and probably further afield as well. There is, um, there has become more and more a, a feeling of, I think, that um, the school is uh, far more important than anything else. Um, now, it may sound surprising for me to say that, but when we think about um, school life and we think about schooling and we think about that Jewish obsession with education which is wonderful, we um, tend to believe that the school usurps all roles, that the school actually is responsible for the menkite, for the um, humanity, for the education, for the well-being, and for everything that um, happens to my child, to our children, um, in, their, um, in every realm of their lives. And perhaps this has come about a because of um, parents being far too busy with all sorts of other things, whether it is careers, whether it is um, just taking care of their own uh, f physical and uh, social needs as well as the needs for the family and so on. We're not denying that. There has been a little bit of a, a, a stepping back in a way of parents being actively and openly and properly involved in the education of their children. Um, the role is completely, almost it seems, usurped by uh, what we expect the school to be able to have to cover. And of course then there is this involvement in uh, matric and the involvement in having to get the best results. You are, certainly if we go back to uh, my day of doing matric, you know, you were a genius if you got a distinction. Um, today, you are nobody if you got a distinction. You need to get um, at least seven or eight to be able to be really recognized as uh, being somewhere near the top. And of course, kolakavod to all those who did so brilliantly, so well. Um, and of course, um, <laughs> unbelievable achievements and accomplishment um, from these young people who are absolutely brilliant, who have done uh, so fantastically well. Let's not take away from them for one moment. But perhaps we're positioning this whole saga of matric and of um, the school education in a realm that um, should rather be the other way around. We should rather perhaps be a lot more focused on um, at what expense this is all being done. Um, are our children still having a wholesome 
family life at home? Are our children still having a wholesome Jewish life? Are we enabling our kids Jewishly as much as we're enabling en- enabling them from a physical, a secular point of view? And I know the old argument that it's so difficult to get into university, but therein lies one of the problems. Our entire focus seems to be and is driven by getting into university. Now, you and I know how many kids and how many people and perhaps even ourselves who started off in a certain university career and it ends up that that is not really the career, that's not really the path, that's not really the place um, for everybody. And some people who've done exceptionally well um, end up when it comes to uh, university life or when it comes to career choice or when it comes to real accomplishment in the world, um, the entire university experience was far less significant and important than um, we're making it out to be. And much more important, perhaps, is um, something that I proudly, um, whether it happened or it didn't happen, is subject for debate. I proudly um, used to often tell my own children that uh, what I really want from you is to get distinctions in being a mensch. I want you to get distinctions, a distinction, in being a good person, in doing things for other people. And for me, certainly, and I hope um, others share this view, um, far more important was uh, my son's attendance at the Daily Minion, um, his adherence to his uh, Jewish studies and to his Talmud and his Torah studies and his adherence to the uh, doing of um, uh, acts of kindness for other people and, and going on a Friday and uh, helping people put on tefillin um, and share a Torah thought with them and so on. Those were far more important, certainly to me and to um, our family and to him um, than the great accomplishment of uh, wonderful metric results. And you could say, yes, well, he was destined to go to yeshiva anyway and wouldn't necessarily have uh, needed um, these great um, metric results. I grant you that. However, um, perhaps we all need a little bit of a an attitude adjustment when it comes to our obsession with um, making sure that um, the metric results are of a superior quality, that our children uh, eat, sleep, and dream um, everything to do with metric, that if there are extra lessons on a Shabbos, well, Shabbos wasn't as important as the extra lessons and the metric results. And attendance at anything from a Jewish point of view seems to slip into second place in a distant second place sometimes sometimes it's right on the bottom of the list um, for the kids during that year because everything has to be geared entirely and completely and absolutely to making sure that uh, the right results are accomplished and achieved because otherwise everybody is just going to fall apart be embarrassed and the kids are going to go absolutely nowhere so I think that it's um, something that um, we perhaps need to revisit once again when we look at the answer from the uh, famous Golda Meir. What are we? What are we first and foremost? Something perhaps reiterated or really underscored um, in a huge way by the Alter Rebbe, by Rabbi Shneazaman of Liadi, who we referred to before, um, whose yard site is tonight and tomorrow, in the concept of our godly soul, in the concept of what is it that really drives the Jew? What is it that we are really all about? What makes us who we are and what we are? Is it our um, understanding of science, biology, of English, of uh, history, of perhaps even Afrikaans? Or is it 
our real essential understanding of what it means to be Jewish, our real understanding of our Torah, of the concept of what a mitzvah is, of being involved in good deeds, um, of doing kindness, of doing chesed, of doing good work for others, for the community, for without the community. Is that not really where we should be positioning ourselves? And then again, to not usurp our role and our important role, our paramountly important role of being good parents to our children. In other words, of setting them the right example. Because do you encourage your child to go to... Let's uh, say for argument's sake, the Shabbat afternoon shir at shul as much as you would um, encourage them to go to the extra maths lessons um, on a Shabbat afternoon or on a Sunday morning or whenever else it may have been. Are we using the same kind of enthusiasm? Um, If we are, we're already slipping because there should be far more of an emphasis on the Jewish things, on the things that are going to be there for life. You know, one of the things that kind of struck me with um, uh, my son, and I'm sure others have it as well, is that um, as soon as matric was over, there was kind of a rejoicing at the fact that, yay, I will never have to do, I don't know what it was, a maths exam again or an Afrikaans exam again or whatever. Um, But the fact is, Judaism will continue for the rest of his life. Um, these are the things that are that need to be readjusted a little bit, I think, in our thinking of education, in our thinking of the important factors and the important things that um, we ourselves are unfortunately all too often guilty of um, under-emphasizing when they need to be over-emphasized and of over-emphasizing the wrong stuff when it needs to be a little bit underscored, a little bit under-emphasized and a little bit diminished in uh, the minds and the hearts and the souls of our children. Um, I don't believe, I personally don't believe that um, this kind of adjustment in our thinking would have that huge an impact on our children's matric results or on any results whatsoever because um, it would perhaps just enable our kids to have a much broader world view, a much broader view of what their purpose is in this world. And maybe at the end of the day and at the end of the matric day, we would turn our children who are a lot better adjusted, a lot better adjusted to what we should really be doing of seeing purpose in life, of not waking up on the morning after uh, the wonderful um, performance in matric and saying, well, I'm really a bit lost. I'm not 100% sure where I'm going. I'm not sure what this was really all about. Um, so, yay, I had this great and wonderful accomplishment. And, yes, I got through it. And, yes, I'm, I feel um, incredibly um, inspired by uh, the great, great effort that I put into it. And I showed that I can and that I have done and so on. But what now? What do I do now? And uh, what difference do I make to this world? And is that not the question that each and every Jew should be asking of himself and herself at every juncture of our lives, and particularly at one as important as this? Be back with you right after this. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Oh, I'll talk about an abrupt ending to a song that was a little abrupt there. Sorry about that. But um, to um, get back to our topic here, and we're talking about and thinking about the real purpose, a real meaning in life, and um, how we perhaps need to adjust our vision a little bit 
and uh, discipline ourselves perhaps a little bit more in continually thinking about um, our children's real proper education, really thinking about their uh, Torah education, thinking about their Jewishness, thinking about the importance of making sure that in the same way as we need to enable our bodies and our material being and our natural souls to be physically fit, we need to make sure that we are spiritually fit as well, that we have a real deep understanding, not just of the liturgy and not just of the do's and don'ts of Judaism. Um, that is a, if I may say so, a rather childish approach, but rather to think about the depth of what we as uh, Jews, as individuals, as people and as a community can and need to do in order to um, improve this world in order to fulfill our mission in this world and in order to make sure that we lead meaningful lives, that our lives are filled with the kind of depth and meaning that um, we that that people all over the world are seeking and are trying to find and are trying to understand um, the advantage that we have as Jews is the entire roadmap of it all is given to us. It's presented to us literally on a silver platter with every nuance and every idea and every concept and every um, uh, moment of our lives can be geared towards um, fulfilling our purpose, our mission, and uh, the real true meaning within our lives. And we need to enable ourselves not to usurp our roles and not to um, so easily give up and certainly as parents not to allow ourselves to fall into the trap of saying that this is a problem with the school or it is the school's problem to take care of my child's uh, not only his mathematics and his science and his physical education but I need we need the school to take care of his spiritual education as well and we can take a back seat and a back step as long as he's going to as long as she's going to a Jewish school as long as they have that kind of an environment well we really need to do nothing else um, there's absolutely nothing for us to have to do um, at home and uh, there's nothing for us to have to do um, in the uh, in the home realm in the uh, family realm um, in the local community realm there's absolutely nothing that we need to do we need to encourage them to be absolutely uh, hook line and sinker involved in uh, in the school because that is everything that the school um, has to do and needs to do and I'm not for one moment underestimating the importance of the school in all of these things but it has to be a partnership and the parents have to um, enable their children to see uh, things that are beyond the school environment, that are deeper than the school environment, and that are not all geared to making sure that we do or we don't um, get into um, university, we don't do or don't um, enable ourselves to be able to do the uh, wonderful physical material um, things that, um, of course, we are hell-bent on making sure actually happens for our kids. We've got to make sure that we have not only a balance, but that we have a an accent on the more important things in life, on the things that are going to be everlasting, on the things that are to do with our souls, with our godly soul, with our spirituality, with our holiness, rather than just focusing on the mere physical, down-to-earth, material uh, well-being 
of ourselves, of our children, and um, of our future. We're much greater than that. We're much bigger than that. And perhaps it's been the greatest underestimation that we have all made of what the Jewish people are truly all about and of what we are truly all about. It is a kind of a... Uh, what would we call it, a poor self-image that we have of ourselves as Jews where we ourselves need to reach way, way beyond um, anything that uh, perhaps we are doing uh, right up until now. And of course, all of this really expounded upon in a manner of speaking by the Alter Rebbe, by Rabbi Shneel Zalman of Liadi, who gave us this blueprint for life and the blueprint for our souls and the blueprint for how to make things a lot more meaningful. A, for ourselves to be able to have the satisfaction of when we study something or when we think about something or when we do something, that it is affecting worlds rather than just uh, the material little uh, uh, piece of uh, of material that's in front of you or the, the money or the meat or the whatever it is uh, that's right there, that we're affecting so much more and so much deeper. But also that um, we have a purpose, that we're here um, as operatives in God's big world to be able to change this world, to be able to um, bring the world to fruition and to be able to have the meaning um, behind our lives and within our lives. And we as parents need to set the examples. We cannot... um, uh, just allow or just um, let our kids drift in and out of their Judaism when um, they might feel that it's something that is uh, just the, the, uh, on the whim of the fancy of the moment or just because there happens to be an attractive program or whatever. We ourselves need to set the example of the importance of it. We need to make sure that as we hopefully when we went away um, made sure that we had kosher food and that we had um, a, a kind of a, a holy undertone to um, a holiday and to a time that we were away we need to make sure that that um, carries on and that that is at home and that is as much in the home environment um, as it is in the holiday environment as much in the holiday environment as it is in the home environment and making sure that our children understand just how important how important it is to mom, to dad, to Baba, to Zayda, to uh, the entire family, and of course, ultimately, to the whole Jewish people, and of course, to the entire world. I'll be back with you right after this. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. And so, yes, just to uh, perhaps sum up for today, um, our program of Judaism 101.9 um, Paying a special homage and special tribute to the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Shneer Zaman of Liadi, whose yard site, the anniversary of his passing is this evening. He lived a life that was dedicated and he left behind a legacy that is dedicated to um, man's real uh, meaning and what we are really truly all about uh, the real passage the real path and the real focus of our souls where we're supposed to go and where we're supposed to take our souls and where our souls really need to be and what we need to be involved in and to adjust and align our focus to be adherent to be strict in our Judaism not because of um, just being because we're strict people or because we want to be uh, punishing or because we want to be rigid in our uh, performance of each and every mitzvah, but rather because it has a meaning, because it has a purpose, because it has a depth um, that is far, far greater than um, anything that we could ever possibly imagine, and that we have our focus right, that we have our focus 
of um, what we are teaching our children and how we want our children to actually turn out that we are not um, driven entirely and totally by um, the ways of the world, the um, material, physical, um, and so on. While that plays an important role, that too has a purpose and it has a reason. And there is uh, a whole program of things that we need to do in order to bring that all to fruition. And of course, ultimately complete the uh, creation of this world and complete our godly mission here. Um, this true. This this uh, truly is the inspiration that the Alter Rebbe, the Rav Ashner Zaman of Liadi, gave to each and every one of us. Let's take it um, with both hands. Let's absorb it. Let's understand it. Let's learn it. Let's study it. And let's make a world of difference to this world. Wish you well for the balance of the week. Hope you have a great Shabbat. Remember, it is Shabbat Mavarachim. We bless the new month, the coming month of Shabbat, which we'll talk a little bit more about next week on our program on Judaism 101.9.